In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to start with the warning that the sermon this morning is going to be a little bit more theological in nature than perhaps it normally is, and so I'm warning you so that you don't turn your brain off. I want you to turn it on big time, because uh, the message today is something that we all need to hear. It is every week, of course, but uh, in particular this week, St. Paul in the epistle He makes mention of not worrying about false questions, or as it says there, stupid controversies. And that can be misread in our culture today. People might uh, see uh, someone say, don't worry about stupid controversies. Let's not argue about anything. Let's not worry about truth. What's true for you is true for you, and what's true for me is true for me, and let's live and let live. Well, on a lot of things, that is okay. But when it comes to the real truth, we as Orthodox Christians affirm, and we have to affirm, that there is absolute truth. That there is right and there is wrong. And we hear this reading today on the day where we celebrate the 630 fathers of the Fourth Ecumenical Council because we know that when we're talking about Jesus Christ, who himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, when it comes to talking about Christ, it's not a stupid controversy, it's not a false question, it is really the heart of everything. And so these fathers at the Fourth Ecumenical Council, and you might be saying, I don't care when that was, but I'm going to tell you anyway... It was in 451 in Chalcedon, and there will be a quiz later, 451 in Chalcedon, and it was actually only 20 years after the Third Ecumenical Council. There were normally about 60 to 100 years between the councils, but this one there was so much contention happening that there was one in 431 in Ephesus and another one in 451 in the city of Chalcedon. And the big thing that the fathers were arguing about was who is Jesus Christ? In fact, all of the councils really have that as their background. Who is Jesus Christ? And the fathers of the Fourth Ecumenical Council made a very clear statement that I want you all to remember, you got it all in catechism, but you need it again. Jesus Christ, one person, two natures. One person, fully and completely God, fully and completely man. Not a 50-50 split, not a weird mixture of the two, but Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, the eternal Word of God, one person, two natures, fully and completely God, fully and completely man. And that's the way it has to be. It has to be that way. If Jesus Christ, the one person, is not fully and completely God and not fully and completely man, then we are not saved. And that's why the fathers of those councils made a big deal about it. This isn't a stupid controversy. This is life and death. Who is Jesus Christ? And so the principle behind all of those ecumenical councils and the reason that we have to say that Jesus is fully God and fully man and I'm going to steal this from someone who you all know, Metropolitan Callistos Ware, who came and actually spoke here a few years ago. He says that for, our, for us to be saved, we have to know 
that only God can save us, and salvation must reach the point of human need. And so because of those two things, Christ has to be fully God and fully man. Only God can save us. If Jesus is the Savior, and that's what his name means, Jesus, Joshua in Hebrew means the Lord saves, he is the Savior, he has to be fully divine. A good teacher can inspire you to do good things, can teach you information that you didn't know before, but he cannot save you. As some religions out there will say, that Jesus is just a good teacher. A prophet might be able to warn you, might be able to reveal some truth about God that you didn't know before, but he cannot save you. As some religions out there say that Jesus is only a prophet. Only God can save us. Jesus is fully and completely divine. And that second point, it has to reach the point of human need. Our salvation has to reach the point of human need. In the icon up here, we have St. Gregory the Theologian there on the back wall. On his little scroll, you might not be able to read it from where you are, but it says, what is not assumed is not healed. And that's his way of saying that Jesus Christ is fully and completely man. He took on every aspect of our, human, of our human nature. He took on the corruption that was within us. He took on a human will, a human intellect, so that he can cleanse it and purify it from the inside. And how can God die in order to destroy death? He has to become man. He has to be fully and completely man in order for him to die so that he can raise up human nature and so that we can share along with that human nature. Jesus Christ, fully and completely God, fully and completely man, because only God can save us and salvation has to reach the point of human need. Now, if our salvation was only about getting into heaven, maybe a good teacher could do it, maybe a prophet could do it, but our salvation is much deeper than just that idea of stepping into heaven. Our salvation is wrapped up in our being holy, our being transformed, our being, as it says in the scriptures, St. Peter, partakers of the divine nature. And the only way that that is possible is if Jesus Christ, that one person, is fully and completely God and fully and completely man so that we too can share in that divine life. That is what salvation is all about. It's not just about, maybe I'm a good person, maybe I'll enter the pearly gates, it is about being so united to Christ that we share by grace what he is by nature. And the only way that that is possible is if Jesus Christ is fully and completely God and fully and completely man. This is not a stupid controversy. This is about our life. And so as the gospel says this morning, 
Let us let our light shine before men because we have something special and powerful in our church. In the fact that those 630 fathers 1,500 years ago were willing to have this discussion, have these conversations so that they can say to us how clearly it is that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. And so it's up to us in this world that tells us all kinds of different things about Jesus Christ that we stand up and say he is the way, the truth, and the life. And that truth is, might be hard, but he is one person, fully and completely God, fully and completely man. And because of that, we need to hear him. We need to listen we need to be transformed, we need to be changed so that we can too share in that divine life. That's what this is all about. So sometimes, brothers and sisters, it's good for us to be reminded of these theological things. Jesus Christ, one person, fully God and fully man, and I'm saying it over and over again so that you can rattle it off yourself. It is good for us to discuss these things because it is not a stupid controversy. In fact, it is the most important thing that we can discuss, that we can not only believe up here, but believe in our hearts so that we can be changed, so that we can be holy. May the Lord help us to really know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as the only person who can save us as the only person who met the need that was before us as humans in this fallen world. The one person, Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man. To him may we be united so that we might be raised and ourselves be partakers of the divine nature. Glory to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.